Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. And now, here is your host, the lovely, delightful, insightful, and all-around great gal, Ms. Barbara DeLong. He and his wife, Deborah New Moon, have an amazing website. It's called nativestorytellers.com. Please visit, visit them and, and check out their CDs and, and all of the wonderful material they have to share. They are amazing people. So tonight, I have a treat, not only for you, but for me as well. We have Solaris back with us. And let me just give you a little of her background. I'm not going to read the whole thing because I can't pronounce most of the words. But Solaris Blue Raven has been on the golden path of mysticism for 22 years. She's a spiritual facilitator and healer. She is the founder and high priestess elder for the Blue Raven Celestial Order of Light, a light workers network for spiritual healers and teachers and those wishing wishing to walk the golden path of enlightenment. She's an elder initiate in the orders of Melchizedek, YHWH, and Metatron. She teaches many ancient systems of healing, such as Reiki and Blue Star Celestial, Egyptian Cartouche, Daughters of Isis, Sacred Dove, Shakti, Shaman, rain, Shaman Rainforest, Archangel Healing Rays, Ascension Activation, and Atlantean and Arcturan Etheric Surgery. She's a multi-universal empathic channel and Ascension Timeline Intuitive. She's also a spiritual channel for Palladian and Arcturan Ascension Timelines, and in her spare time, she does radio shows. Welcome to the show, Solaris. Thank you. And that's interesting listening to that bio. That, that's my bio before I was inducted. So, yeah. Yes, indeed. And thank you for having me on. Oh, it's well. And the other thing that I do want to point out is that she has some amazing books out there. So I would I encourage everybody to check check her out, especially her one on transformation and ascension. Yes, what, transmutation the, through ascension. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's it's a fabulous book. I have stolen most of her material and used it, you know, absolutely shamelessly and. And people are always, actually, I just buy your book usually and just give it away. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. No, it's it's a phenomenal book. It's it's an it's an easy read. 
and every time you read through it, you learn something new, which is which is the the, uh, the way a good book should be. Well, thank you. I'm glad it inspires people. What was well, the intent it, it behind sh- it? It sure as heck inspired me. Well, good. So, so mm-hmm. we have survived <laughs> the solar eclipse. The eclipse. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> oh, goodness. And, Did you watch it? Um, well, how could you not? Yeah, some people didn't. That's what I was asking. Oh, yeah, I did. And I wasn't in a place where I really saw that much. Uh, it just, I was only in a 50% range. Mm-hmm. So so it got it got a little bit dark and then it got light pretty fast. So it was it was not as as, you know, phenomenal as people who who, you know, the stars came out for. So I kind of I, there's another one in seven years that hits the U.S. And I may well travel to go see that one because I can't imagine what it's like to have nighttime hit like that and be able. Oh, to see. yeah, no, I agree. It'd be really pretty. That kind of twilight. No doubt. Yeah, I didn't get the um, the total eclipse either, but it was still beautiful over here in oh. Colorado. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, it, you know, what, what I find amazing is when things like this happen, all of the doomsday people come out and it's, you know, it's a warning of this or it's a warning of that or the end is near or or all of the above. And, and it always amazes me, you know, what happens to them? I mean, do they put their signs away for the next catastrophe or the next big things so that they can pull them out again because because you know the end is always near i guess um depending on your perspective but the end of the world is not happening the world is going to go on i mean do you i mean i know you know that that there have been civilizations here on this continent for the last nine thousand years and yeah and you know and nothing go ahead and well, and and you know they they flourish and then they go down for some one reason or another, and then they disappear, and and they're forgotten. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and it's so sad because you know, in essence, that means that that will happen to us. Right. Yeah. That's always asked myself. You know, in a hundred years, will it really matter? You know, will any of this matter in a hundred years? That's my benchmark. But I think that cellular memory is what's always there because even the work that I do, the work you do, or anybody else. Once you access your multidimensional design work, it you know, everything that I do here is based on my celestial heritage, really. I, I really realize that now more than ever. Um, so it's, it's always been there before I even showed up in this body, you know. Oh, absolutely. And I know that, that you know, forget, forget whatever college degrees I have. Um, what I have learned, I have learned for myself. I have pulled it from inside of me. It's my spiritual development. It's the spirit within that has taught me everything that I do say and am at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I get, in a way you're right. You know, we, the spirit is what goes forward in time. So therefore, um, you know, we do have the knowledge of all of this, but it just, it, it, it has always been of concern to me, you know, the, the 5,000 years ago the the pyramids were there, I think probably longer than that, but we'll give them 5,000 years. And if, if you wiped out our society, we have built nothing that would stand the test of 5,000 years. Mm-hmm. I agree. There, there would be no memory of present day civilization, except for perhaps the scars we've left upon the earth. So, mm-hmm. 
you know, what is our message? What is our gift? There should be a gift for every generation that, uh, that uh, maybe, maybe Mount Rushmore would survive. But, but I don't even, even think so, that. You know what well, I think the gift is? I think the gift is disclosure. I think the gift is us taking down the false matrix while we're here. Because we've had century and century and century after deception, you know, false programs, false indoctrination, you know, how we talk about how everything's been edited and censored and swept away. I think that what's going on here on the timeline is kind of unique because it seems to me like we're all awakened to a point where we're actually ripping away the fabric that's been deceiving everyone. So maybe that's the gift. Well, that would be that would be really great if we truly can get down to to the bare bones because mm-hmm. um, and and it's really funny. I have some friends that think, you know, every time something is revealed, it's like, aha, finally, that's all the truth. And all I say is, are you kidding me? Do you <laughs> think that, that these superficial epidermal lies are really what lays at the bottom of, of the stuff that's going on on this planet? I mean, if they were that stupid, they could only, you know, hide them that deep, then then they aren't who I think they are. So, um it it's it's it seems that you know we scrape away a little bit and then everybody says okay that's it and that's not it and and I keep saying there's more there's more there's more and and I, I have some friends that I think are going to stop talking to me real soon. Oh, <laughs> well, that's all right. Agree to disagree. Oh no! Oh yes! No, I I they aren't those kind of friends. They would oh. we we agree to disagree on lots of things and move on. But mm-hmm. um, when it comes to spiritual awakening, spiritual growth, spiritual ascension, I I think we're at a point in time where where spirit is taking us into new levels and dimensions, in spite of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And and I I am so delighted to see people awakening and and reaching for things that at one time they would have said, Oh God, no, that's the devil's stuff, you know? So things things like the, the, um, the remote viewing that we're doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, that's done in the, then in the astral body that's done in, 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 in a level of spirit that people don't normally play with. And, and uh, there's so many people that are very, that are, that are doing the, the remote viewings. And, and um, it's really very exciting to, to see the feedback and see the change in some people and, and to see the fact that they're, they're sharing information. It's really a kind of exciting time. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that they're changing their focus from maybe, you know, regular drama on the illusion of to something more productive, which would be that, you know, so oh, gosh, instead of getting yeah. distracted by the mainstream propaganda and crap, they're focusing their energy <laughs> and psychic ability, which I think is fantastic. Well, it, it, it it is, and and I think that that by doing that, they're able to see more easily, um, more clearly the fact that uh, there are so many um, news networks and things like that that have agendas, mm-hmm. and and I I love the fact that sometimes you know you you're you you're able to see more of the total picture by by watching them fight between themselves. And I, I think what upsets me is that there are no news channels out there anymore. They're all propaganda. Mm-hmm. And, I agree. And, and then it's, it's like, well, where do we look for the truth? And, and that age old thing of, well, it's within, you know, yep, absolutely. What do you, what do you see? What do you believe? Mm-hmm. So yeah, follow your own course. That's what I would say. Usually connected to the celestial compass of the universe, but yeah, you know, even before there was a lot of the propaganda with mainstream television, I can remember I never really watched a whole lot of mainstream TV anyway or news. Actually, very rarely when I even back in the day. And then 
I used to read the newspaper now and then, but, you know, mostly do the, the crossword puzzles. So, uh-huh. you know, I look back, I mean, I don't even know if they deliver newspapers anymore, but that's how dated things feel these days, you know? <laughs> I they think they're, I think they do, but I think mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's more of a, of a online thing. Oh, okay. Most, most people go online, whether it's, it's to, you know, some of the, the, um, the public access type stuff and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's really getting more, it, more and more difficult to, to be able to tell. I mean, at least with these riots and everything that are going on. And it's really funny because when I, um, when I did my predictions for this year, I, I said, you know, between, uh, between, uh, September and December that there would be riots, there would be uprisings and, and mm-hmm. they've started early mm-hmm. and, and I don't know why I, just, I, I mean, I saw it coming and I wrote it down, but, but at the same, at the same time, I don't understand why I don't understand, you know, what do these people have that, that is so wrong with life that they need to be destructive about it? Right. And, and, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think yeah, it's, it's programming. I really do. I just think they're they're triggered and programmed. And and I I'm going to go political, which I don't usually do, but <laughs> I I feel that that the taking down of statues of civil war people is sacrilege. I think it's mm-hmm. part of our history, and I and I think to destroy our history like that is 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 to deny that it happened. I agree. Well, and I have ancestors that fought on both wars. I mean, they came over on the Mayflower on my mother's side, and they were in every war from the Revolution up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I, I know that one of my ancestors was very close to Robert E. Lee. I know that because everyone in my family was named after Robert E. Lee. So, you know, I don't know what to say anymore when I look at this stuff because it's just so stupid. And what they're doing is it's just ridiculous. You know, souls and spirits and bodies, people have experiences on the timeline. Don't punish them forever. Don't call yeah. these people horrible names. They have statues of you know, and my ancestors, I have connections to presidents, like, five, I'm related to, like, five presidents, even Thomas Jefferson. And I'm like, oh, I see, you know, so the descendants of, of the um, forefathers get attacked as well. Is that it? You know, it's just crazy. It really, really is. Yeah, no, I just, um, I know Sylvia Brown predicted that there would be new parties that came out and that, that you know, the government would shift and change by 2020. And it does look like that's going to happen to a certain uh, extent. Right. But given, yeah. given, you know, enough flexibility, we'll survive it all. Well, it seems to me like every time they say it's going to be gloom and doom or somebody's going to, you know, launch a nuke, something happens. I, I swear <laughs> I don't believe a darn thing. I mean, anything can happen. Sure, it's like spin the wheel. It's like Russian roulette. When push comes to shove, I don't think there's, there are any, uh, I don't know, I, don't, I just don't think there are any uh, bullets in the gun. You know what I mean? They're shooting with well, blanks. <laughs> I kind of I hope so. I just... You know, there's been enough of that going on. I don't. Yeah. It doesn't serve any purpose, and and mm-hmm. I don't think the population needs to be called that much at all, if at mm-hmm. all. And and it is. Aren't there other things we can focus on? <laughs> well, I think there should be a breakaway society for those of us who are, are very advanced in consciousness and want to go to another planet. I think we should be able to leave. That's what I'm looking at: a physical departure from this world for those who want to break orbit with a higher collective of consciousness and also do what we call like the Melchizedek traveling where, where you're traveling through other uh, star systems and actually just communicate with other beings. I think that is highly probable. Actually, I think that is a possibility. Um, another thing I want to ask you about, which has really been kind of interesting. I've been looking at, I don't know what's going on other than the fact that it feels to me like we are 20 years backwards. Like in other words, we're not in 2017. It feels like we're, this is like 20 years ago. 
Does, do you ever get that or no? Yeah, I do. And and it it it's it's really funny because my dreams lately have been going back 20 years. And well, that's interesting because I've been feeling like, I don't know why, but it just feels to me like we're out of time and the illusion of, I know time is a benchmark of measure, but I feel like they've done something to create a, maybe a time slip. I don't know. It just feels different to me. It doesn't feel like we're going forward at all. Or maybe we're being held in place so that, so that either others can catch up or we can review what we've done and maybe make some changes. Possible. Because changes are definitely necessary. There is no doubt about this at all. And, and uh, to how we treat each other, to, uh, you know, our, our philosophies, the way we, the way we absolutely um, live our lives, our, the, way we walk, the way we walk our talk. I think the problem is so many talk it, but they don't walk it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, when you say walk the talk, people just look at you and it's like, I, you know, I, I try to explain that you may know a philosophy, you may be able to quote a chapter and verse, but if you're not living it, you can't claim it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's all experience, too. And there are a lot of copycats, I touched on that before, where they just read the, the internet, and that's great and all, but you still have to experience, you have to do it. You have to get out there and do ritual, do practices, do martial arts, do train, you know. So it's not one of these things where you can just say, you know, oh, this looks great, I'm going to do this. But, yeah, I agree with you. You have to have the experience and actually put your energy into it and learn and grow and evolve. Now, I wanted to ask you about the Melchizedek um, experience that you have, because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm initiated in the priesthood of Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. So, but but it, it seems to me that your involvement is in a different way, but with the same philosophy. So can you explain what your Melchizedek background is? Um, Melchizedek was a long time ago. I went into an initiation with someone who was a master of Melchizedek. And he was uh-huh. also kind of a walk-in um, and, and initiated about about seven of us into this Melchizedek program. And it's basically about galactic consciousness. It's really just about connecting into the Godhead, the Melchizedek, and uh-huh. into what we call the higher self over soul and just descending into that pillar of light. It's just another extension of ascension from what I learned from it, but bringing the energies in from the galactic celestial energies, but also teaching the language of what we call geometric light languages as healing. So we would use the Melchizedek formula for healing modalities with frequency and sound and some other things that we were doing. It might be very, very different than what you were doing, But the Melchizedek's that I remember um, were very, very powerful. The initiation was extremely powerful. And then when I started doing the Melchizedek initiations, they became extremely powerful for the groups I was working with. So um, as as we progressed in our spiritual design work, the Melchizedek energy was there to fortify us, shield us, and help us and assist us in teaching the language of light, but also healing. So that's what I was doing with Melchizedek. It's not the same as some of the other stuff that people went, I don't think it is anyway, but it it was a true Melchizedek frequency and certainly was part of that program in um, in the way the design work worked. Yeah, it was probably a, a, a different person, but I, I must say that when I had the initiation, um, it knocked my socks off, and that, yeah. that's hard to do. Yes, yeah, <laughs> they're very powerful. I don't and, know if you saw a lot of violets or not, but I saw a lot of gold and violet colors, um, really strong. I don't know if you had the visuals, but yeah, they're strong. I, I did, and it was it was uh, I was I was absolutely um, it was like a massive a massive um, hot flash. And, mm-hmm. and, um, I lost track of the room. I lost track of everything and I was in another place. And, um, when, when, you know, it was time for me to go back to where I was sitting the girl next to me said, what was you, you she, she said, you disappeared. And I said, I know. Wow. And, and we watched as other people 
you know, went through it and mm -hmm. nobody else disappeared. And I asked him later, I said, they say I disappeared. He said, well, you went to a different level. And, oh, nice. and, and that's all he said. Mm -hmm. And, and it was like, thanks. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> well, it depends on how, how, oh, go ahead. No, I, I said, do you want to explain that? And he said, no, you'll understand it when the time is right. So, you know, I hate those kind of answers. No, those are good. But you know what it is, is that you're very advanced to begin with. So when you receive initiation, you go to higher levels than most people. That makes sense. I same thing happened to me when I was going through my initiations too, the Anoki initiations and all the other initiations I've gone through. I mean, they were powerful, very, uh -huh. very powerful. I mean, you're talking about light body getting shot out of it, like getting shot out of a cannon with the energies I, that are connected in. Well, and when, when I was initiated in um, the, um, the Reiki, the different levels of Reiki, um, I also had that same feeling that, that, you know, there's something else going on here. It's almost as though um, they were allowing you to take you from where you were and putting you up further. And it, it, it wasn't a matter of trying to keep everybody at the same place. It was opening a portal so you could move so that you could ascend. Yeah, to what degree you've already done the spiritual work and then you just leap. No, I totally agree. And when I received my initiations with Reiki, I remember I was seeing mist everywhere for weeks. Mm -hmm. I was seeing all different colors and mist. I w and at the time, it was really weird because I was working corporate. So I had to try to ground, you know, and work in this corporate environment while I was all channeling all this energy. <laughs> but I swear to you, <laughs> I'd look around and I'd look around my cubicle and there'd be like mist everywhere. I'd be like, where is this mist coming from? But it was part of the initiation. But very powerful. I'm telling you, anybody who doesn't believe in that stuff, I'm telling you, you get the right teacher and you're prepared for those things. They are powerful. Oh, no gosh, doubt. yeah. And I can remember looking around, you know, uh, kind of going into a meditation at one point and I was in my kitchen and there was nobody here. And when I opened my eyes, um, I took my glasses off. I cleaned them. It, it looked like there, the, the, the place was full of fog. I opened the windows <laughs> so it could clear out it. And I thought, oh, God, the house is on fire. And, you know, it, it was none of that. It was it did clear eventually. But it was like, what the blue places was that? And, and, and you know, the, the cats were sitting here watching me like, why are you doing that? That was fun. You know, they were... Yeah. But, but, you know, animals are, are mystical. Animals enjoy that kind of energy. And, mm -hmm. and it's, it's really quite profound. But, but there's so much going on that is of a profound level. And it's so sad if people miss it. It's so sad if people don't, don't take the time to get to the place inside of themselves to be able to see these kind of things. I, I tell people all the time, if you're open spiritually, there is a greater vibrancy to your life than you have ever known before. And... Mm -hmm. It's magical, and I call it magic because it is just, it is celestial, it is, it, it's galactic, it's cosmic, it's, it's just beyond the imagination. It's, it's, um, it's like mm. there's a new, there are new colors, you know? Oh, yeah, it's just a different orbit completely. It's a different paradigm. Yeah, it's beautiful to live in those, those energies. And I noticed the more I started growing and evolving, the more electric I became, more photon electric I mean, my light body was just so kicked in and so switched on. And then it just started getting stronger and stronger. And then I started seeing things from, you know, the mist was part of the Reiki initiation and all that master teacher. But then uh -huh. later on, when I went into other areas and started really pursuing other different formulas for healing, I started to see um, more, more energy. Like it was just like energy frequencies. Um, I could actually see energy moving. And it was just really amazing uh, in frequency. When, you, when you're starting to change your vibration, everything changes around you, as you probably know. Yeah. So it was very interesting to experience that. 
Well, it's and and it's exciting, and mm-hmm. I, you know, most and 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 please, I want everybody to understand us. We are still learning and growing too. It isn't that we have gotten to a place where we can stop and talk about these processes and think we've gathered it all, because there's always another step ahead, and and so many people say, and I think my my latest thing is people who say, well, I'm a psychic, and and. Now I respond, well, if that's all you want to be, then that's fine. But there's mm-hmm. just so much more. And yeah. that's yeah, I, don't, I don't even call myself a psychic anymore. When, when, when somebody really puts their thumb on me and says, well, what do you do? <laughs> I say, I teach. I'm a teacher. Oh, that's good. I, I'm at the point where I'm going to tell people I'm an off-worlder because it's pretty much what I am. But, um, but yeah, you know, I get it. It's, it's just one of those terminologies that helps people along the way. But, um, but yeah, they're designed to actually learn and grow too. And the whole idea behind that is to uh, assist people in, in activating themselves. So they're able to do these things Absolutely. and grow. That's the whole idea. That's what I am. I'm an empowerer. I'm not the one to sit there and want to pe- pe- make people codependent on me. I'm trying to get people up to speed. You know, that was always my design work behind everything. Uh-huh. So well, hopefully I still do that. Well, I'm sure you do. I mean, you're yeah. still here. So you must a different be formula. <laughs> yeah. I'm still doing it in a different formula. I think, yeah. You know, well, mixed I, with the Cobra technology and stuff like that, but yeah. Well, I think, you know, all of us have to, um, you know, keep adjusting, keep learning, keep growing. Mm-hmm. And and certainly, um, I know that I, I with the remote viewing, we've, we've gone in some very unusual places, and it does feel as though there is interdimensional stuff there. And and um, nobody seems freaked out by it, which is what, what fascinates me. I would have thought they would have been a, a little bit spooked by it, but apparently not. No, they're probably prepared for it, psychically, energetically. That's the good part. Plus, you're a good guide. You're a good tour guide for that sort of thing, you know? Well, <laughs> well you I'm are. Really... You're, you're a good energy for them to work around and with, so that helps quite a bit. Well, you know, I, I put... Um... I put all of the, the uh, remote viewing things on the re- on the blog so that mm-hmm. anybody who wants to can go and listen to um, all of them and do them and leave their... their um, their feedback, uh, and and I did that because you know this was I've I've led meditations for probably thirty or thirty five years, but this is a different kind of meditation. So the first one was was pretty rough, but but you know we're getting better and better as we go along, and I think it's important for everybody to realize that no matter how expert somebody seems when they're starting a new anything, they screw up. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, to have that there for people to say, look at that, look at what she did, <laughs> you know, the phone went off or somebody's <laughs> weed whacking or, you know, whatever it, it, um, it, it, I think, you know, my growth is a great teaching tool for other people to say, okay, uh, if I mess up, Barbara did it. So it's not all that bad. She's still out there. So it's it's kind of, it's fun. And this next time, this next Friday, we're going to the moon. Are you really? I've got to, oh, I've got to plug into that one. That should be fun. We're going to the side of the moon we can see. And then the following week, we will go to the dark side. Cool. Very nice. Well, that's going to be fun. Yeah. I have to I'm, catch up. I, I told you I was behind. I've been so like, so many different things at once, but. I do see your email, so I've got to catch up again. No, it's all there. I was there. catching up. <laughs> I was no, catching up, and then I was 
Uh, it's, go ahead. it's out there so anybody can do it whenever they want to or they can nice. pick and choose which ones they want to go into. It's all on the blog. So That's I figure if I, if I keep the blog up, up to date, then, then you know, everybody can experience whatever they need to whenever they need to. Mm-hmm. I think it's great, you know, if people have some downtime just to go focus on that. Like I said, it's a nice detour through something more productive than versus what they're usually doing throughout the day. Well, I think that, that well, the meditations are only like 15 or 20 minutes, so they're not, mm-hmm. they're not excessively long. Right. And what I am finding most fascinating just for my own whatever is that, that I'm learning a lot about these places um, first, you know, firsthand so that I can put the information out there for people so that it is a learning tool as well. I mean, for the first emperor, I didn't know half the stuff that I know now about the first emperor of Japan and mm-hmm. his tomb. And we did Monk's Mound last last Friday. Mm. And I, I didn't know about Monk's Mound either. No, I haven't done any work on that one at all. That sounds interesting, though. And um, it's, its base is bigger than the Great Pyramid in Egypt. Oh, wow. And they were pyramid-ish, but they lived on top of them. They, 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 they didn't have stuff inside of them, except they used eight or nine different colors of earth to construct them. Wow, that's fascinating. And, um, yeah, no, I, I mean, there, there, is, there is, on both of them, there, there's information as to what I could find on them as far as basic stuff. So people would mm-hmm. you know, kind of have an idea as to where we were going. But... Um, it's it's always an adventure, and and I'm learning so much from it that, in in some ways, it doesn't matter if I know people are listening because I do see the numbers, but mm-hmm. a lot of times it's an archive, but but it's it's an experience for me to sort of tap into some of these ancient sites and learn a little bit more about them so that I have a better working knowledge of our mm-hmm. culture and the cultures that came before. Did you know? I had Rick Osman on mm-hmm. um, a while back. Have you had him on? No, not yet. I've got to get him on. Oh, he is he's amazing. And his book, The Graves of the Golden Bear, are he talks about the cultures that were here on this continent um, nine thousand years ago. Mm. Very and interesting. The one thing, you know, I knew about the giants. I did not know that there was an entire civilization of little people fully oh, developed. Right. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, fully developed, uh, between yeah. two and four feet tall. Wow. And they dug up tens of thousands of the bodies, and of course they were sent to the Smithsonian, so you know there's no evidence of them anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, and they said wow. most of, most of the bodies were fully developed and forty to seventy years old. Very interesting. You know, I've heard that, excuse me, I've heard it more and more about the little people in the United States, too. I've heard other stories about them. So, yeah. They're, I don't think they're extinct, though. I think they're still around, aren't they? I, I would hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Mary Joyce has um, some material out there on mm-hmm. uh, a college that, uh, that she discovered some tunnels and stuff that the little people had constructed. Great, yeah. And I hear people talking about the little people like that's, um, they, they're mischievous and they... I don't know if it's the same kind of little people, but elemental types. That kind yeah. Of, yeah. And these, I think, orig- I think originated from, um, from, from Ireland. And, mm-hmm. you know, but, but we're talking tens of thousands of them. So I'm, I'm not sure, you know, how I, I 
can't imagine. Of course, you can get a lot on a boat, but you know, when you when you when you think of the size of the boats that were coming across that ocean, they were only seventy feet long. They weren't mm-hmm. huge boats, right? Well, what about little little people, as in midget types? Is that the same? Would that be the same, like maybe lineage? I no, I don't think so. Okay. Um, these are, um, gosh, I I don't think I they're not dwarfs. They would have to be midgets. Um, they they were probably midgets, and and yet there there were uh, tribes of of them that were more like were more like um, trolls and mm-hmm. hobbits, and and there were hobbits in the Hawaiian Islands. That mm. uh, I didn't realize that. that. Yeah. Um, Very interesting. So so, you know, things. I I am finding that everything that 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 people have been talking to us about being science fiction mm-hmm. are just things that science can't explain. So they, they label them fiction, but the, the reality is they're truthful and that sooner or later science is going to have to acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, totally. Yeah. If we really knew the history of everything, it would be very, very fascinating. You know, that's the problem. Everything is coming in pieces or little bits here and there trying to well, piece it all I, together. What I love is that it's starting to come out. I mean, uh, that, that the Smithsonian intentionally has destroyed so much um, mm-hmm. evidence and information is a little horrifying. And, and, you know, there are people out there that say, oh, the Smithsonian would never do that. Yes, it would. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. They did. They did with the Giants. Yeah. Just talk to Jason Gerald. If he hasn't been on your show, you should have him on. Um, I think, yeah, I think I have him scheduled. But Excellent. Yeah, he's great. Jason he's Gerald. I thought I had him. I, I may have him scheduled. I'm okay. If you don't, you need to get him scheduled because he definitely knows that he he knows just about everything about the giants. He's been doing some extensive research with the Adena culture and very fascinating stuff. But yeah, he was the one that was talking about the Smithsonian destroying all these giant skeletons. So yeah, and, it's amazing. What a disservice. Oh, yeah, and you begin to wonder why. What's the point? I mean, it's but it's very similar to what our our government did with ufos you know doing a study saying that that the populace would not be able to handle the truth so that they didn't release information to us that's hogwash oh yeah that's that's what they did it's insulting (laughs) yes it is it is i mean they're our ancestors okay so it's kind of like you know they're just middlemen trying to interfere i it's just it's you do begin to wonder because religion destroyed knowledge to keep people afraid of them and Mm -hmm. and governments have destroyed knowledge to keep people under control i don't think the general population has any idea the level to which um they have been um lied to and kept Mm -hmm. in the dark i agree yeah and i don't even know if they care to be honest with you barbara you know i'm wondering how how many people really care if if they their history has been robbed from them I know I care, but I'm I'm not I mean I'm kind of an investigator anyway, so some people just seem to just be happy plugging along. I well, you know, my I have a I have a grandson who's fourteen and um his his mother was talking to me about how he was learning the history of this country and I said, Really? Have they have they gone into the copper mines up in um Minnesota and Michigan that have been mined for the last nine thousand years? And his mother is a very well-educated lady. And she said, what? And I said, yeah, the, this country's had cultures in it for the last 9,000 years. And she said, 
well, no, the we the pilgrims came over and the, the Indians were here and oh, they were, brother. you know, and I said, I said I'm so embarrassed. I'm not, I will not utter her name because she really believed that. Uh-huh. And and it, it it's like I'm I'm taking I'm I'm going to go visit them and I'm taking a copy of her husband's book and I'm going to give it to her and I I'm going to say please read this so that you you don't appear to be an idiot when your son finds it when your grand when your son finds out the truth. Oh no kidding! Yeah, exactly. Well, some of the crap they're teaching kids in school. Well, you were a teacher, you know that. But I mean, my goodness. I am. And now, yeah, now they're going to just erase everything. So what? A Robert E. Lee was never born. He never existed. Is that it? Well, it, wait, though, he went to West Point. I mean, half of their generals went to West Point. I mean, these these were these were people who thought they were patriots. They were fighting mm-hmm. for something they believed in. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think it's a shame that, that a country is split like that. But it but mm-hmm. it happened. But but it came back together again. And for that split to be reopened stupidly does mm-hmm. not make any sense to me at all. Those statues are a part of history and for both sides. Mm-hmm. And, I agree. And, and to take those down to me is absolute sacrilege. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. Yeah. No, I think people need to respect who's been here and the wars that were fought in the name of, because that's why they're here now. Bottom line. But, but you know, I, I, I kind of would like to know who, who these groups are that are insisting they come down. I don't understand their reason for them coming mm-hmm. down. Right. I think they're just part of like the George Soros types, you know, they seem like the far leftist, more like those Antifa freaks. And just a lot of people, in my opinion, that have been programmed and indoctrinated to the false matrix. And a lot of this is the, um, the propaganda, you know, they seem like they're very fascist, although they say they're anti-fascism, but they seem to me like they're extremely fascist themselves. So it's very strange to watch this, but this, this thing has been bubbling up for a while now. It started with the Obama administration and, I think it just got out of control when Trump was running for office. And, and now you're seeing them there just trying to gut and destroy this country. And what amazes me is that why do they hate this country enough to destroy it that way? I don't well, get it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like, and, and it it's sort of like thousands and thousands of white people died so that the black mm-hmm. people could have equality. Mm-hmm. Why are they doing this? I mean, it's insane. Yeah, I, Exactly. And then, and even the Muslims were slave masters to the black race. I mean, over there, so yeah. it wasn't like you know they always blame the whites, but it's really not about the whites at all. So there's definitely polarization going on, and what I call enemy patterning that needs to be resolved. I think I keep saying it's a species war, and this is what I mean by vibration and frequency and education of consciousness. Because mm-hmm. if people are expanded at the higher level of consciousness, they're not going to be they're not going to be arguing like this, Barbara. They can they can agree to disagree, and they can ascend and keep going. But this this craziness, this hostile crap needs to dissolve. And that's where it's coming from, in my opinion. It's who's done the spiritual work and who hasn't. That's what it boils down to. I don't care what name, race, religion, or whatever. It's just about yeah. evolution. No, I will I, I agree with you totally. And and when you look at two two parties, mm-hmm. you know, fighting like they're fighting, that doesn't these people were elected to help to guide our country. And it's like you did this, so we're doing that. Now that that's that's grade school, that's kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and and come on, you you you've got people who trusted you to go out there and to help this country move forward, not not play 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 like 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 the Senate and the Congress, like like they're. It's the playground. It just, mm-hmm. it's just so, yeah. I, I don't understand it. <laughs> 
Yeah, they undermine everything he does right now. It's just a, well, to me, it's just nothing but treason. That's the bottom line. When you don't support the president, I don't care what president it is, it's treason mm-hmm. at this point in the continuum. So that's why you have to treat it. That's the way I would treat it. Well, if they're I, being destructive and they're they're obstructing things that are, um, you know, that are very critical to this world and this timeline in our country, then it needs to be looked at. It does, and and I I think that everybody's so so in, into their own thing that they aren't they aren't calling a screeching halt to it and saying, mm-hmm. okay, let's let's stand back and see what's happening here because we have to adjust this somehow so that we can start moving forward again because I think you're absolutely right. I think we've been shoved back about 20 years. I, I get it so clearly. It's not I get the frequency and everything associated with it atmospheric-wise. Yeah, definitely. It's very it's, bothersome, actually. Well, we've gone backwards, and, mm-hmm. and the, re- the reality is that there is there's such excitement and such potential with moving forward. Mm-hmm. And and, right. and we have the tools and we have the people and we have we have everything that I mean, if you stopped all of this, all of this infighting and you started to work, you know, we wouldn't have Appalachia anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, we I mean, we send tons of food overseas and I'm not I'm not saying that we, that's not a good thing to do. It is a good thing to do. But. We have people starving in this country. Why aren't we taking care of them? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree. It, well, it's getting it, to be illegal to even feed the homeless or give them donations or whatever. So, you know, they started fining people for feeding the homeless. And where, what, what, what country is it that is, um, God, is it is it Germany or is it England where, um, if if someone is pregnant with a Down syndrome child, they have to abort it. Wow, I'm not sure, but I would I would assume it's the UK because they're kind of hard on that stuff too. I don't know. Yeah, if yeah, they are yeah. they are forcing. I think they have uh, death panels too, don't they? I I don't know about that, but I you know I taught Down syndrome children, so mm-hmm. um, and in my opinion, Down syndrome children are a half step towards the next level of evolution. They have an extra chromosome, and at some mm-hmm. point. They at some point children will be, will be born with the extra pair, but mm-hmm. they're the half step, and these kids are so full of love that it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And and to force people to have abortions when when it's a Down syndrome child, I mean that's murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, well, I think they're trying to um, engineer an awful lot. You know, it reminds me of Gattaca. That moment, if you ever saw that movie Gattaca. But everything uh-huh. is pretty much like that, where everything is becoming engineered, and you pick and choose what kind of child you want. So, oh yeah, color hair, yeah. color eyes, the whole thing, genetic makeup, and uh, everything else associated. And I see that too. But I also see that coming down the pike if they get more involved with the transhumanism program. So, well, it'd be interesting to see where this all takes off. But the point that I'm looking at it for, because right now, as I said, it feels like it's going in reverse. Everything feels like we're going in reverse. Something's pulling us back from where we're supposed to be going. And it almost, it's very strange. It's a very strange thing that I'm picking up on. So. Well, could it be that we're being pulled back because we're at the wrong brink? I think that what's happened is, and, I, and this sounds like a stretch, but I feel like it's CERN has, has changed something a little bit to a point mm-hmm. where we're in the wrong location. We're not in the right location on a galactic level. But although things will realign themselves, I think that they've tried to divert the course of ascension. And they've tried to divert things to a point where the frequencies are altered and modulated where so they can control manipulate reality a little bit better and i think that's where the 20 year thing comes in where it feels like everything's going backwards because the vibration doesn't sync up with what i know 
and what I resonate with as a galactic celestial frequency. So mm-hmm. that's the way I'm looking at it. But, and I that can could, tell, I can just tell by the frequencies of the cosmos and meteor showers and, and solar activity. I, you know, I, I, I can see how that could be, could be what's happening. I, I feel strongly that um, they aren't in control of what they're doing. So, mm-hmm. so what is frightening is instead of stopping and taking a step back, they keep going forward and they keep making mistake after mistake. Yep, you exactly. Know, you know, you make a mistake and you decide to, it, it reminds me of, um, I, I painted the front door of my mother's house. I painted it white and I wanted to do red trim inside it. So, you know, being the artist that I am, and that's said in, in jest, um, I started painting before the paint was dry. So the red paint turned pink. And in order to make it red, I had to keep going. And then I would go outside the line, so to speak. So I expanded the lines. And before you knew it, we had a solid red front door. <laughs> really? Oh, wow. It was That's kind of funny. like every mistake I had to expand it a little bit more to. And, and some of the interior was a little pinker than the exterior. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, my mother took a look at it and said, I thought you were just going to do little, you know, lines around here and there. And I said, well, that's that's the way it started. Um, but changed my, the vibration, the whole thing. Yeah, I said, my creative juices just flowed a little bit more than I had to, than, than was appropriate. And she said, and did you tape it? And I said, I'm an artist, I don't tape. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I now tape. <laughs> you know, I'm like that too. And I'll tell you what, I'm dangerous with a paintbrush because I love to paint. If it's a really cool color too, I'll uh-huh. find I'll find all sorts of stuff to paint around the house if I get my hands on a cool paint. Oh yeah, no, that was that was one of the uh that, that was an extreme lesson for me. And and it was it was interesting because it was like, oh damn, it's it's turning pink. The white wasn't dry. I wanted bright red. And when I got done, I, I, I said to my mother, well, you know, it's really more important to have a solid red, you know, feng shui-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she just looked at me and she said, you messed up. I said, oh, big time. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, no, that was, uh, I, well, you know, I maybe it was meant that we had a red front door, but the center of it was pink. Um well, you know, that is feng shui. You're right about that. They they use the red doors in China, right? Oh, yeah. It, so, it's, uh, I, yeah. It's, it symbolizes, you know, going into the heart that, that mm-hmm. you know, you're going into the heart of the house. So, yeah, it's red. I think it's um, also for abundance, if I'm not mistaken. My I like violet. I have a violet door. Oh. It's well, more transmutational, but that's more of my, my craft background, too. It's just my magical, magical me. <laughs> well, when, I when, like the vibration. When I was painting here, I, I had the guy start painting. It, it's um, it's bright red, and it's mm-hmm. my front door. And when I got he got done with that, I said, well, do the hallway, too, because that's a really pretty color. And he got done with the hallway, and I said, do the bathroom, too, because it all leads straight ahead. So, you know, do the bathroom as well. And he, we got done, and he said, you know, he said, I'm getting dizzy. I can't paint anymore of this red and my son my son took a look at it and he said and my grandson said what color red is that and I looked at Thomas and he was he was young then and I said for you it's fire engine red and afterwards my son said and for a grown-up I said oh it's whorehouse red for sure 
<laughs> funny. Oh no. <laughs> It's it, well, it's it's bright red. <laughs> but that's interesting. You know, some people are triggered by colors, so it, it makes me wonder if he wasn't he doesn't have a program running or something because colors can trigger people on a conscious subconscious level. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I wonder if that was something to do with whether he was. I don't know if he's in the military or not, but it just strikes me as something interesting. That people um, have that. Well, Thomas is only fourteen, so no okay. military yet. Oh, that's right. That's the one. Okay, yeah. And but, and my son did not make it into the military. He's he's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and, and I say that with pride, I, I also sneer now and then, but, but more pride than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, yeah, the colors are, are really, you know, people don't even understand how, how important the colors are. Oh, I, I, know. I, I and, and that blows me away. Why isn't that taught in school? Why aren't the chakras taught in school? Why because are they're not mystery schools? And I always said that too. the kids need to be in mystery schools day one. So that they can understand the metaphysical realms, because that's what we're dealing with. I mean, this whole world is a, is a multidimensional design. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, they really don't teach anything. Quite honestly, it's amazing that they grow up and even know how to do anything. No, I, I, I their shoe. I have, you know, the standard, you know, twelve years, and then I have uh, four years of college, and I have two master's degrees, and and I can honestly say that. Everything I know now and that I have learned, I did after school, and it's 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 personal experience and personal instruction and personal research. Mm-hmm. I, 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 although I am certified to be a teacher, and so, um, but none of the techniques that I learned as a teacher do I use as I teach if I'm teaching a class or a workshop or individuals, I, I don't use any of that stuff. So it's, it was, a t- I, I, I tell people I had them, I paid the money and I got the piece of paper, but I didn't learn a thing. It's life that has enabled me to learn what I now learn, you know, what mm-hmm. I now, you know, share. And right. so, so, you know, I may have been a teacher at birth, because cause Lord knows school did not make me a teacher. I think I was born a teacher. Oh, yeah. You were always a teacher. Yeah, I agree with that. No, nothing so, makes you anything here. We just become what we're supposed to be. It's like an uncovering of who we really are by just being in the environment. But is it's so, you know, I, I run again, I, I run up against so many people that literally at 40, 50, 60, I don't know what I should be. And, and it's like, holy man. Wow. That's interesting. Well, I think it's because they probably have led a mis, you know, a life that was misdirected. That's a shame. But at least eventually they catch up. But that's good. But yeah. Well, they they know they don't know what they should be. But but, you know, you're pre-programmed before you come in. Mm-hmm. Well, usually you set your divine ascension blueprint before you enter onto the timeline. And that's the yeah. thing. If you're aware of that, you set the whole thing up yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you chart it, and, and you can change it too. And that's the beauty of it. But but when you get somebody who's sitting in front of you who has a job that they hate and they don't know what they should do and they don't know what you know what should I be you know what and and then you have to take them back and say okay mm-hmm. when you were a child what did you want to do what did you have fun doing what were the things that gave you the greatest pleasure because those were the things that you were pre-programmed for mm-hmm. I, I agree. mean I I painted. I did, um, I taught my dolls school and I taught and, and I had a church service for all the animals every Sunday. Wow, that's so cute. And 
I also wanted to be a cowgirl. I did not go that direction, <laughs> but, but, but I, I painted the Mandela's, you know, and put them mm-hmm. out there. Um, I became a school teacher and then a teacher and, and I'm an ordained minister. So, yep. you know, those, and those are the things that give me the greatest pleasure. And those are the things that keep me energized and keep me going and keep me moving forward. And, and the same with you, mm-hmm. I'm sure. What, what did you want to be if you grew up? Um, well, I always loved animals. I like, I wanted to be a vet for a long time. And then I, um, I know that it was always about music too. I'm a musician and also always being, you know, I was always psychic. I mean, naturally mm-hmm. psychic, intuitive. So it seems to me like I just grew and evolved with my skills and that all morphed into healing arts, martial arts, writing. And I was always writing, always writing mm-hmm. poetry. So that all morphed into the now pretty much. So, yeah, I think I did go the course of what I was supposed to do as a ascended multidimensional being. There's no doubt about that. With the exception of the Cobra technology, that was a surprise that I never thought I'd get pulled into. But most of it, everything that I've been doing here, yeah, it's been exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, in my opinion. I I would tend to agree with you. And, and, and I think that that if people are more attuned to what their kids appear to have talents and gifts for when they're very, very young, you know, up into th- up, up to three or four, mm-hmm. then, then if you encourage those aspects of life, they can't help but have a rich, blissful life because they're following their bliss. Mm-hmm. I had, um, I had a cousin who, um, he went to college and he was in the military and he loved ice skating and he, he taught ice dancing and his father was a doctor and his father kept, you know, scoffing and, you know, get a real job and whatever. And Steve never did. He just kept doing what he loved to do. And there was always the money there. He wasn't rich, but there was always the money there. And he followed his bliss and he, mm-hmm. he did with his life what he was meant to do with his life. And, yeah. and so many of us are, are, are um, bent by teachers, by parents, by society, by the environment, by culture to, you know, you have to get a job and make a living and have children and die. And it's, it's, that's not the case. You're, you're here to grow and to experience and, and it's, it's meant to be a joyful place. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And doing what makes you happy, everything else aligns with you. The universe does provide. There's no doubt about it. That's why oh, people are so miserable in these in these mundane jobs they have. They don't want to be there, and mm-hmm. they're not going to be any. They're not going to get out of it until they just break orbit and let go of the fear and move on. Even if it take, means you know sucking it up financially for a little while until their dreams really manifest. Yeah, it and and you know we make it sound very easy. I know it's hard. Oh, it but, is. But but you know when you're when you're caught in a in a mechanism that that is just eating you up the only way you can get out is by breaking free and and Mm -hmm. um you know if you have to be you know if you have to be a gardener if you have to be you know whatever you need to be to to keep body and soul together until you can find the direction you need to go and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's really hard but things like hypnotherapy really does help to take you back to childhood to figure out what those talents and skills and gifts were. If mm-hmm. your parents aren't alive to give you that information, then, then, then use hypnotherapy to go backwards. Um, I, I have always wanted to play the piano. I'm tone deaf, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I have always wanted to play the piano. And I had lessons when I was, I don't know, in the fourth, fifth, sixth grade. 
and and then nothing. And I've always felt like I should be playing the piano. And I think that this next year, when winter comes, um, I may get me a keyboard and take piano lessons because I think it's it's a part of me that I really should should try to um, embrace. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you should definitely. I play by ear. I've always been able to play keyboards by ear. Oh my gosh! So I must have. Lo- I think I've done it before in another life because when I play, it's like a harpsichord too. I I go old, like old, very very old kind of music when I play. I remember one time I started playing on my friend's uh, organ, and she walks up and she goes, "Where do you come from? Where did that come from?" <laughs> you know, and I can tell you because it just—I mean, I just have it, so it's there. But I never ever, ever had a lesson in, in keyboards or, or piano, but I know how to play it. Oh wow! So that's something. But the flute I did, the flute I trained in, but. Yeah, it's interesting. So I know my sister used to take lessons and she used to get angry at me because I she wouldn't learn anything and I just walk over and be able to play songs that she was trying to practice Yeah, without it, reading it, the music. And it's funny. I have a sister who's three years younger. We have the same voice. Same voice. Yeah. Interesting. Um, she can sing. I can't carry a tune. Um, I got a couple of questions um, here that, that um, you know, kind of surprised me. But... Um, it's it's somebody wrote wrote to me and said you you and Solaris have been doing this your entire life. How can any of us expect to even be able to understand what you're talking about half the time? And how do we get there if we want to get there? Well, that's a good question. Yeah. I, I assume everybody understands what we're talking about for one, so I guess that's my bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> to a degree, to a degree, I think they do. But, but I think you know, you get into multidimensional and transformational mm-hmm. ascension, and yada yada yada, right. and, and and I think we lose some some people. But but um, it, it, yeah, I've been working on this all my life, and so have you. Mm-hmm. But but for somebody who is just you know now the light bulb has just gone on, how do they get there? What I mean, I. I you know, I could tell you step by step by step what I did, but th- that wouldn't get you to where you need to be. It would get you, and it wouldn't get you to where I am. So, so how? What do you? What do we tell people who are, who are desirous of understanding all of this, but don't know how to start? Well, I would say read up on ascension. Start start studying mysticism, metaphysics. Do meditation. Uh, start going on and researching areas of healing work or whatever modalities they're interested in doing because each each one is a step-by-step process in your own evolution so that's really what it boils down to is really following spirit and and paying attention to the world of the mystical world and so far as uh you know multi-dimensional realities go it's all about spirit so as you progress on your spiritual path you start to open up other doorways to higher consciousness so it really i would say um the easiest way would be going through the doorway to meditation starting with meditation and going into healing modalities, reading about mysticism, reading about uh, ritual, or if you're, they're interested in that, that's, you know, I think ritual is just basically, it's, it's, it's training your mind to set the intent to manifest a reality. That's really what it boils down to. But it's just, a, it's just a procedure in learning. I mean, that's all there is to it. So just read and study and then do. That's, that's what I would do. That's, that's how it always started with me. I started cracking open books when I was very young. Yeah, so did I, and and I have to admit that I, I still read at least two, if not three or four books a week. That's great. Yeah, it's awesome. So, well, I have no choice. I do the interviews. <laughs> well, yeah, but still, it's good. Yes, <laughs> you make yourself read. That's good. Yes, but but again, it's a great way to to 
compel me to read the material so I don't sound like an idiot when I'm talking to an author. Mm-hmm. And, and but and and I I don't know I I tend to sort of you know I I will if if just set loose on my own I will find a, an author I love and then read everything he's written. So mm-hmm. you know and and I'm hoping that it's thirty or forty books. But but this way this has been a self-imposed schoolroom for me and, 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 and I'm, I'm just absolutely so delighted that I finally, after 73 years, figured out a cool way to learn. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, it isn't something that happens overnight. And I think that's an important thing for everybody to understand. This doesn't happen overnight. And, no. and it's, it's a it's progression. A, absolutely. And it, there's always another portal to open. There's always another level to add. And, and I don't believe that, that we ever are finished because if mm-hmm. you stop learning, then you stop growing. And, and especially if you're in a field where you're dealing with other people, you have to have, you have, to have deeper, um, more expansive material to continue to share, to continue to teach. Because if you stop learning, then you don't have any more to teach these people. And then, then, then they think you don't know what you're talking about and because they've gone beyond you. So mm-hmm. it's a constant learning process. It's a constant stretching. And so long as you're learning, it doesn't really matter, you know, the area so much as the fact that you're expanding yourself. Uh, and I agree with Solaris. I think that meditation is a great thing to do. I think teaching yourself is even more important. Uh, oftentimes when you get into groups, they tend to become cliquish and then they become restricted and then they then they hold you back rather than allow you to flow forward. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, very true. You know, I, I just I would caution people on that. But but, you know, sometimes a group is good, too, especially if it's a meditation group. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you, everybody benefits from everybody else's energy. Right. And well, even your remote viewing group, that's, that's even something that, that that person was asking about. That would be a great start right there. Yeah. I mean, and, and the cool thing is that you're in a group of people, but you're all alone by yourself as well. So that it, mm-hmm. it's, you do benefit from people like Solaris who, who takes part from time to time. And, and I, I would say probably 50% of the people involved in it are heavy duty meditators. So that, so that, you know, you, you get, you get this wonderful surge of energy and you just kind of flow on the coattails of everybody else. And it's, you see where you can go. And once you understand you can go there, you can do it on your own Mm -hmm. so that it's, it's really a cool thing to do. And, um, and it's a lot of fun and, and spiritual development, spiritual evolution is supposed to also be fun. It's called enlightenment. It, it means right. in, enlighten up, lighten up, let go mm-hmm. of those things, those burdens, those things that are holding you back and go beyond them. And, uh, you know, it isn't necessary for you, for, for anyone to, to even reach out into the cosmos and, unless you're Solaris and that's where you're meant to be. I mean, everybody's meant to do and be different things. You know, we're all unique pieces of an amazing puzzle. And so to, to follow your own inner truths and, and go in the direction that is appropriate for you as an individual and, and complete your journey along your pathway and not somebody else's is really important. And the other question somebody asked me was, okay, you're talking about following your passions. What if you don't have any idea what they are? How do you find out what they are? 
Mm-hmm. That's a good question too. Well, I think you mentioned something about regression for for looking into something like that. That's yeah. not necessarily a bad idea. I would say um, that's a hard question to answer because you never know what your passion is until you try it, right? Mm-hmm. At least for me, anyway. I would say just you know, if you have interests, maybe not a passion, but if you have an interest in something, that would be a good door to open, right? Something right. you've never done before, or a bucket list, or something. If you've never never studied a certain subject and it feels right to you, that would be a good avenue to go down. Same thing I, with martial arts, you know, it's that that kind of thing. Oh yeah, no, I I think martial arts is martial arts is in in it is it is a meditation. Oh yeah, it's pow- you, it's really powerful. Yeah, you know, you're putting yourself in another zone. Tai Chi um, is the gentlest form of it that I know of, but but mm-hmm. yoga as well. Um, but I, I've often told people that, that in order for you to get where you need to be spiritually, the creative channels have to be open within you. And oftentimes when people are stressed out, when they are depressed, when they are struggling, they stop doing everything creative until they have time to be creative because life is so difficult. And the reality is when you stop doing creative things, you shut down that creative channel and then spirit has no way of flowing into and manifesting within your physical reality. Mm-hmm. So something simple like coloring. Um, they, it, it's funny, I've been telling people to color Mandela's for the last 20 years. They finally did a study. They said it, it turns out that coloring Mandela's is a form of relaxation and meditation. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I would imagine like the Tibetan monks. And also, you know, they have coloring books now for adults. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and that, that, that um, qualifies as being a creative endeavor. And mm-hmm. what happens when you open that, that, that creative channel and you're focusing on coloring for, for, want, for want of another thing, that's the time when, when your consciousness can give you subtle hints where, where inspiration comes through when you, when you least expect it. Mm-hmm. And and that can give you an idea as to where you might yet take the creative process. I try I try really hard to do something of a creative nature every day. And mm-hmm. when when I find that I am sit, standing still and things aren't moving as fast as I want them to, I take a look and I say, okay, what am I doing that's creative? And and you know, if I come up empty, it's like, okay, I'm going to go out and pull weeds. I'm going to garden. I'm going to work on some knitting or some crocheting or something else. Or I'm going to cook something. Or I'm going to be, I'm going, I'm going to rearrange my closets alphabetically. Or you know, what it has mm-hmm. to be creative, and you have to have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. But once yep. you've opened that channel and that creative energy is, is, is the spiritual energy that is flowing into your life, then you're going to stumble across the things that, that are fascinating for you. And it could be antworm farming. Mm-hmm. And, and if it gives you joy, it can make you rich. I mean, not in the desert, obviously, but, you know, it, 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 it's sort of like find, find something that calls to you and be be more perceptive and understand that when things call to you, they can call to you in very simple ways. You know, it can be something you read in a magazine that you keep you keep going back to and are fascinated by. It can be um, music that that, that, that that just takes you to a different place and then finding out how that music is made or what that instrument is or what the music is that's playing and is the, the rhythm of the music something that, that resonates to your spirit and, and sets you dancing inside or 
you know, pay attention to these things. And it doesn't cost money to do this. It takes mm-hmm. time. Yeah, that's and, true. That's and, a great and, suggestion. Well, you know, what also comes to mind is just if, if people get healing work done, I think that helps align their energy. I think that people are, are kind of lost or maybe feeling disconnected because they're not aligned on their spiritual design. You know, so the chakras mm-hmm. might not be aligned or there might be something off with the meridians. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that, in my opinion, I think might help them if they get some healing work. And that would kind of reset their compass to see if they have more of a connection to what we call the higher self or the oversoul to give them more data. Well, absolutely. And when you're having, at least when you're, when you're having a, a Reiki treatment or any kind of energy work done, if you relax into it, if you, if you quiet your mind and you, you'll see things, you'll feel things, you'll get sure. suggestions. Yeah. I mean, that, that spirit within you wants to communicate. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that would be a good one. Like you, know, you talked about the regression, but I think the healing work in in combination with the regression would be very helpful for a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. And and it, you know, it it doesn't have to be fine art. It can it can be any sort of a creative process. Mm-hmm. So so that you know, I can justify just about anything. You know, folding laundry. Um, you know, if if you do it well. Uh, but but you know, it's it's. It's, it's finding a way to create a bridge and a portal for your higher consciousness, the spirit within, to, to give you the inspiration to go in the direction that you need to go in. And it, it, it's not something that happens overnight. It's, it's something that you build. It's something that you build upon. And, and when, you know, a bridge is not built, you know, in, in one day. It takes mm-hmm. time. It takes planning. It takes patience. It takes, and and lots of times developing patience is is part of the process of listening to your higher consciousness. Paying attention. The other thing that you can do is keep a journal of your dreams because your mm-hmm. dreams your dreams are a place where higher consciousness um, does give you subtleties. It does tell you things. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, dream logs are very very important. Or shadowing the self. You know things like that that are very mm-hmm. significant. And also people that you're around. I mean, if, if, if somebody has a, the wrong people around them from day to day, it's not going to motivate them to do something positive usually. You know, they exactly. might want to look at their, their patterning, their life, and how, how they're functioning from day to day. Yeah, cheerleaders are important. They really are. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you don't have cheerleaders around you, you're just not going to make those touchdowns. You know, <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I don't know why you're doing that. You never, it never, nothing ever works when you do that and yada, yada. So, so why bother? But, Mm -hmm. you know, rather than, rather than not go in a direction that you feel, you know, drawn towards, perhaps, perhaps drawing or finding people who are more, I'm not saying cut people out of your life. I am saying add more people to your life that are of a more positive nature Mm -hmm. that can, that can get in there and say, well, I don't know, but if that's what you feel you should do, you know, I'll hold your coat and <laughs> I may try it with you if it looks good. Um, you know, just somebody that is not going to discourage you. Um, right. And, yeah. and, you know, I mean, these, this field is does become strange and wonderful and weird. And, I mean, you're one of the few people I can talk to. That, well, that's good. I know I always enjoy talking to you. We, it's, it's just nice and relaxing and. Just like tonight, it's it's like I'm at your house having tea <laughs> <laughs> or coffee. Yeah, or something. Um, 
I, I, I did kind of want to take some time to, to talk about interdimensional chat. Now that, now that we've talked about, you know, we've, we've told people about, you know, how to get involved. I want to take it another step because there are energies out there that are not earthly. They are otherworldly and they are accessible to us as well. And we can ride them. We can, we can draw information from them and, um, it can be very safely done, but you have to be very careful. And what are some of the guidelines for someone who is getting to the point where they are going in either interdimensional or, or you know, further? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the guidelines you would give them before they, you know, jump off the spaceship, so to speak? Well, I, I would have them set their parameters up just like anything else. You want to make sure that you create the proper shielding when you're traveling in any form of dimensional space. So. Uh, a lot of that has to do with meditation, affirmations, setting the intent and just putting the energy in motion to set up your own grid work, which means you're protecting yourself and you're shielding yourself wherever you go. Uh, some people are kind of reckless, not everybody, but there are people out there who just kind of travel anywhere and they don't really shield themselves and maybe they don't think they need it, but they wind up getting hitchers as they return. So I would mm-hmm. say that it's very important that they have a protocol, just like you do in your house and you secure things in your home. Your body's mm-hmm. the same way. So you want to make sure you set the intent. If you're astral projecting or you're doing anything like that, you want to set the parameters up and make sure that you're, you know, bringing in divine energies to shield and protect you and, and make sure that your journey is safe without incident. So those sort of things I would say are the biggest thing when you're traveling and you're, you're experimenting in these areas. Also watching heavy drugs or alcohol because those, are, those will create a distortion and a wormhole when you're oh, yeah. trying to navigate. So I know some people are really big on the ayahuasca and they're big on a lot of things and I can tell you that's their own personal thing. Uh, but I can tell you just from my own observation of people i think that drugs create a distortion and that they should be very very careful if they're doing that sort of thing because you can get really lost yes no i i totally agree i i know that um some of the highs that i have gotten from meditation and and especially um especially when i worked on the mandelas i i mean i'm not exactly sure where those designs came from but i <clears throat> excuse me i know that it was it was it was off world Mm-hmm. I am positive they came from off world and I have never felt more energized in my entire life. I mean, protected. Absolutely. Um, and, and before I went into any of the drawing or even the painting that was done, it was, it was, um, you know, it wasn't a ritual. It was a part of my process. It, and I guess it was sort of a ritual, but, but it was, it was just a part of how I went into it all. And, mm-hmm. and I think that you need to take this stuff very seriously because um, there was a time a long time ago where um, I was new to the, new to the program, so to speak. And, and basically, you know, somebody said, what do you do for protection? And I, you know, and I, I, I stupidly said, well, I'm a child of light. Nothing can get to me. Well, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> it got to me and it beat the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, when I finally got to the doctor, he asked me if I had been in a bar fight and I said, I don't go to bars, you know that. And he, it was my family doctor and he, he stood me up and he walked me over to the mirror and he pulled my, my, the, the collar of my blouse down and, and there were black and blue finger parts, uh, fingerprints of a hand, not just fingertips. The whole damn hand was there in black and blue. Oh my gosh. Wow. And incredible. he said, what are you up to? And I said, 
I think I'm back to square one and, and figuring out how to protect myself. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. That's hardcore. It was very that's hardcore. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I, I went through a horrible time where all I could hear was, you're going to die. You're going to die. And I said, no, I'll take a bad cold, but I'm not dying. I got too much to do. Well, wow, it almost sounds like a ghost attack to you that way for what you're describing. I, I think it was a psychic attack. Really? Wow. Well, I don't um, discount that because the more you know, powerful you get, the, you know, they'll come after you. And um, it was it was a wake up call to me that was just profound. And I no longer take things in a cavalier way. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very serious about what I what I do. I mean, I will joke and I will do a lot. You know, I will be lighthearted about everything. But if I'm going to like lead the the um, the, the distant viewing meditation, there is work that goes on before I open that whole thing up. Oh, and, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, to my knowledge, no one has had a bad experience. No one has said anything to me. And I'm pretty sure if, if a bad experience happened that they would, um, and I would slam it down if that happened, you know, that would, there would, that would be it. And so, so it's, it's a matter of, as, as you said, protecting yourself and understanding how to protect yourself, whether it is in prayer, whether it is in meditation, whether it, however, whatever method that works for you that you feel secure with Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes setting up mirrors all around you so that anything sent towards you just gets bounced back to whoever it's sending it at you. Mm -hmm. Those work Um, really well too. Yeah. Shield. And you can do that psychically. um, If you talk about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cylinders. That's a good one. You know, putting Mm -hmm. people in cylinders for a while. Um, Yeah. There's all sorts of things you can do on an alchemical level. But then there's the technological stuff I was interfaced with, and nothing in the world can shield you from that. That's well, how you got into? How, do you know how you got dragged into that? I mean, well, they triangulated and, and basically inducted me through the signal. It was a program. It was a a covert program that literally triangulated my electromagnetic field and neural circuitry, and it was satellite-driven technology that interfaced me into the technology. They didn't have to. I didn't have to leave my house. And my point is, I had a lot of light workers later on. You know, say, "Well, I don't understand. You aren't you protected?" You know, that same kind of thing. Of course mm. I'm protected, but they triangulate me. This is a warfare program. This is a military military type of warfare program. It doesn't matter where you are on the map, but they're going to they're going to target you. They're going to get you. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. how how many times you pray because this is about combat and this is also about what they're doing here with technology. It's not an it's not a supernatural thing. It's a technological thing. So, big difference. But yet I've heard a lot of people on the spiritual path saying that, "Oh, well, that would never happen to me." Well, if they decide to pluck you out, it would. Because oh, there's yeah. no way to hide from it. You cannot run and hide from that program. I think so, that the major thing is to survive it. Right. And that's pretty much what I did. I, I survived it. And I, I came back with a vengeance after I was resurrected. So, hmm. um, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, it just kind of pissed me off. Those those uh, units. But, yeah. Yeah. No, that you, you were you were involved in, in some frightening stuff. It was very um, hardcore. Yeah. I'm surprised I made it out. And that's what I mean by when you read my bio, that was my bio prior to my uh, induction, which is still valid. But it's Uh interesting looking back because it was a reflection. It was like a flashback. It was like a blast from the past, you know, for a second. I was like, yeah, that's right. That's I've done all that. Yes, that's me. Yes. But, you know, and then you go to the other levels of covert technology and all this other stuff that they pulled me through. So very interesting. But yeah, I'm a firm believer in protection in all forms and designs, whether it's on this dimension or interdimensional or wherever. Now I, there are, there are a lot of things on this planet that, that I truly believe are portals, are, are portals to other dimensions, are portals to other realities. 
Mm-hmm. And um, most people just walk by them or don't experience them, but people who are sensitive are drawn to them, which mm-hmm. is which doesn't and, and being sensitive doesn't mean that they're prepared for them. So right. so and lots of times they stumble in, which which you know can be a very frightening experience. And I think there are a lot of people in mental institutions and the reasons they're there is because they stumbled into another dimension without realizing it. That's highly possible. Or they've been through a mind control program. That's another probability or possibility too. Oh, absolutely. I agree. And everything's radio frequency, as you well know. So whether it's manufactured by mankind or another, the one thing I can tell you is that when you expand in consciousness, you're opening up more bands of energy so that you're able to access like an antenna and a transmitter, everyone and everything around you. And that includes the highways of mankind's transmissions. So I think a lot of people who are, you're right, are prepared to access or access those levels, start to have a bleed through and start, experiencing those things and maybe not knowing how to ride them out or how to Mm -hmm. switch them off when they're on. That's one thing too. But then there's the other mind control stuff that they deliberately do to stalk people like the gaslighting, gang stalking and targeted individuals. So that's a different animal also. But yeah, I always wonder how many people are in institutions based on covert technologies. Well, I I would imagine that that a lot of them, and I I would also imagine that, that especially you go back, um, couple hundred years and to the mental institutions especially in England and I think a lot of those people were, were experiencing spiritual enlightenment and not understanding how to work with it or what to do with it and so they were thrown there you know in there just to keep them away from the general population so they right. didn't infect them. I agree but, you know I don't know if you know this or not but David Sarita's wife was uh, recently put in an institution it's terrible she was having uh, visions of Christ and doing hardcore meditation and to a point where she was really just in another orbit in consciousness. And they have her in an institution now. They have her, they, they label her as mentally ill because she's having a spiritual experience. I think this is very serious. I've put it on my Facebook page and I've been trying to kind of keeping an eye on what David's been going through because they're really trying to mess with him and, and really trying to screw with her, force feeding her drugs and everything else. And there's nothing wrong with her. She's having a spiritual experience from what I understand. Well, how can they do that without his permission? I'm not sure. I think somebody must have reported some kind of a neighbor or somebody says that she was like, you know, she was talking to herself or she was doing something where they thought, you know, she's not a danger to herself or her children or anybody else. But yeah, it's just that's what I mean by why are people getting involved and why is this happening? And why is this woman being held against her will because she has a spiritual experience? That's just a, that's a witch hunt. I think it needs to be looked at. Well, I, I agree with you. It doesn't sound like you have all the information, though. No, I mean, not all of it. I, I mean, I can get you the article on it. It's um, some of the stuff that he put out, but yeah. Sure. I, yeah, I would love to see it. Mm-hmm. No, that, 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 not everybody does stuff like that. Not everybody, you know, I don't want to scare people because, you know, frankly, I never went over the edge like that. And I still, mm-hmm. I, I talk to dead people and I do astral travel and all of that too, so that it doesn't have to be frightening. But, right. but you know, this may be something that she felt it was important for her to do for her own evolution. And it feels like, um, it feels like she's where she, you know, frankly, to be honest with you, she's where she needs to be because she's protected and, and, you know, she can just do her thing. It's the force feeding of the medication that is a little scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's a strange world we live in. I'll tell you what, you know, I would, I would like to see everybody calibrated to multidimensional states of being where they're just, everything is, smooth running, but it seems to me there's a lot of strange, just a lot of control, a lot of systems, and, you know, wanting to control, manipulate anyone or anything. So I see a lot of that going on. Well, if anybody, 
you know, wants to experience, you know, this kind of energy. And you know, you're you're not you're not drawn in like a like a magnet and spit out someplace else. But walking meditations will get you there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you can find a crop circle that is reasonably new, you you can meditate within the crop circle. And especially if you smell ozone, then you know it's a new crop circle, and that kind of energy will get you there. Um, and get you there by meaning it will take you to another level of awareness within yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, so that, and and understand it, it's different for everybody. Oh, so I that, totally agree. Yeah. So, so that, so that, you know, what I feel like when I get in that spot is very different from what you would feel or Deb would feel or so that it is a personal experience and, and it's a good feeling. And if, it, if it's not a good feeling, then you're not in the right place. And the, it's smart mm-hmm. to kind of snap out of it and, and do some, some, some protection and some balancing and some rebalancing. This is not something that you take on lightly. This is a mm-hmm. something, that, something that you choose to dedicate yourself to it. And, and it doesn't mean that you do it. Um, it doesn't mean that you, you do this kind of work um, instead of a job it means that you have to have a balanced life in order to do this so there has to be you know a security of some sort and then you allow the spiritual to to sort of open up for you and it does unfold it does blossom yeah. it does bloom but again it takes time mm-hmm. and and i think so many people um become frustrated because you know they're not levitating or well, you know what? They have to stay grounded, too. I mean, it's nice to be able to do all these avatar gifts. But as you were saying, it's a step-by-step process through light body and, and activation in Merkaba and many other levels of spirituality. So it's not uh-huh. something that happens instantaneously. But, uh, yeah, the grounding is huge because I've seen a lot of flaky people. You know, you and I have had this conversation before. A lot of people out there are very flaky and, and uh, not very grounded. And I'm super grounded. I think it's my martial arts background mainly. But... Um, very, very grounded and spiritual and just expanded. And I like that. I don't, I don't want to be the woo-woo flaky. So uh, I'm always in control yeah. anyway. Even it doesn't matter what dimension I'm in. I run, I have to be in control to the most part, you know, or for the most part. <laughs> That's me. Because you're all freak. Well, you know, I, I have found that, that um, and it's funny, when Patrick was alive, he talked about being in stasis and going to another dimension. And um, when he did that, uh, he truly was in another dimension. And, I mean, his body was still here, but his breathing was so slow it didn't look like he was breathing at all. His consciousness had definitely gone to another dimension. And, and, and it was fascinating. Every now and then I tagged along, and um, it, was, it was another world. It was fascinating. Nice. That's really nice. He was a part of that world, which I found fascinating. And he said, his he kept saying, you know, well, we're making it ready for for the time when, when, the large numbers of people decide to come over all at once. Now, I don't know what that meant. So, uh, you know, it could be it could be that the making ready for. You know, the first thing that came into my mind was there was going to be a horrible war or something and millions were going to die all at once. But that's not what he meant. Um, it had to do with consciousness. Very he described he described buildings. He described uh, rooms in buildings. He described the kind of um, uh, 
structure they had as far as a, a system of not government because there, there was no government, but it was it was more like a committee that took care of things. There were there were there was no government. Nice and and yeah yeah not a bad place at all. And um, I really hope he went there. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I, I kind of. Uh, he was so used to it. I suspect that that's where he went. Mm-hmm. Certainly sounds like it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was a very cool thing. I, you know, we all create our our own our own castles in 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 our own consciousnesses. We create mm-hmm. we create other dimensions. I mean, our our spirit is in in essence another dimension. Mm-hmm. So so that we are interdimensional people. Right. Absolutely. In the physical avatar. And, you know, you can you can put the avatar on um, idle and you can take a trip and 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 it's it's possible to to reach with your your spirit, not your mind, but your spirit. And there's a difference between the two. If you're Mm -hmm. thinking this process, you're not meditating. Mm hmm. And, and I think that's one of the hardest things for people to, for anybody to 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 get into that. That thinking a meditation keeps you in the physical, allowing yourself to flow into another level of consciousness, um, and and to to not think what's happening, but to experience what's happening, is 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 definitely a meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That's well said. Well, it's, it, you know, so many people, I can remember when I started meditating, you know, it would be, I'd feel floaty and then I'd feel, and then I, then I would think I'm meditating, I think. Mm-hmm. And, it's your body, and your mental body <laughs> being out of control. Yeah. As soon as you, as soon as you start thinking, you have pulled yourself back into the mental, the physical and, and, you know, you're, you're not meditating. So, um, but letting go and knowing that you were safe um, does allow you to float into those other realms. And, and once your spirit is set free, I mean, this, 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 there is no limit. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I totally and, agree. And, and, you know, I kind of look, I, I, I know that you had, you, you, you dealt with, or you said you dealt with the, um, Pleiadian energies and mm-hmm. Arcturian Arcturian healing systems. Mm-hmm. Now, those were taught in spirit. Those were taught in. Um, those were taught by Walken that I actually studied with. And then when I started doing more and more of my healing work, it started to morph into more of the healing systems. And when I was working with um, certain certain initiations in certain groups, I would receive more. They were more than downloads of of these type of beings that would connect in with me when I was doing the work with healing others. So that was one of the things that I put down as far as part of the modalities. And the, um, the Pleiadian thing was very interesting because I wasn't really big into the woo-woo stuff of Pleiadian stuff. And, and I, um, I actually morphed into one of these types of things in one ceremony one time and someone actually saw it. But um, the energies associated are very sound and tonal oriented that work with healing people. And so it was incorporated as a modality for my healing that I was doing at the time. So, yeah, those frequencies are very much in resonance with me as a multidimensional being, what I call the soul dissension, soul extensions of aspects of me. Yeah, they're still mm-hmm. there. Well, that's that's the coolest thing. You know, you come in and you have DNA mm-hmm. and 
and you know that deals with the physicality but 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 the spirit i mean the more you can open to the spirit and the the more that that the spirit understands that you can handle the information that is being sent down and and it, it it's it's amazing how there, there are awakenings. Now, it doesn't make you someone who can walk on water um, initially. Mm-hmm. Um, I can do it um, so long as it's frozen. Um, I think just a little more wo- work and I'll be able to do it when it's liquid. You know, maybe five or six more lifetimes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but it's, 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 it's the memory that there have been. I mean, I have memory of flying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most probably not in this lifetime, but I have memory of flying. I have memory of, of levitating. I have memory of, um, and, and almost everyone probably does. And, and I know that, that um, I think the, the thing that, you know, people say, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. But almost every single person who is listening to this show has had an out-of-body experience and they have, and I'll tell you when you had it, um, you were probably laying in bed and you felt as though you were falling and you, you reached out to catch yourself because you knew you were falling. And that was, that was your astral body coming back into the physical. Mm-hmm. Very true. And, and just about everybody I have ever spoken to has had that feeling at one time or another in their life. So, oh, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, we've all had these experiences. We just haven't haven't um, labeled them, and 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 so, you know, when you get to the point where, I mean, people hear us chatting, but I've been doing this for over fifty years, closing in on sixty, and you've been doing it for a gazillion years as well, mm-hmm. and Deb's been doing it for for easily as long. So you have people that have been, you know, kind of really working with this to get to this point in time. But, but you know, something, it's, it's the awareness is opening up so rapidly that it probably won't take people as long as it took me to get here. I mean, I mm-hmm. had to cut through a lot of garbage in order to get to this point in time. And I know you did too. Right. So that, so that you know, we used to be burned at the stake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and. You know, happily, I don't believe that's happening anymore. But, but the, the, if if you have the desire and and if you have the desire to do this, that's all you need. You don't need money. You don't need to pay for huge classes. You don't need to pay for huge certificates for the walk because they don't mean anything. And and the the ability to do this to expand into your own level of awareness in your own place in the universe with your own modalities at your at your fingertips everybody has that 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 ability and that talent all you need to have is the desire to get there right i totally agree with that that's well said it's well stated and, well, people, and you, you give them a lot of tools to work with on your show and that's the good part of what you're doing here giving people a lot of uh, good information so that they can explore themselves and go beyond where they're at right now on their own spiritual path. Yeah, I just I just hate seeing people being taken advantage of and I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. And and that's why well that's why my website is just a teaching site. Everything's free. You know, mm-hmm. it's all there. You know, take it, use it or not. You know, it it's fine. But but when I see people paying thousands of dollars to get um, ascension this or ascension that I mean your book is the best book ever and it's not expensive 
You well, thank charging, you. You should be charging more for that book. Oh, um, sorry. It's a it's a small book though. It's very thin. It is, but it, you know, it's it's very deceiving. It is a thin book, and it is a fast read. Mm-hmm. And the first time through, it's 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 a good book. The second time through, it's much better. The third time through, it's huh. I didn't see that the first time. And and the more times you read through that book, the more levels of understanding you get, the more open your consciousness becomes to the potential you carry within. Thank you. Yeah, I, I kind of think it's multi-layered myself. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad it affected you that way. I really am. And there's a oh. question there, which book it is? That's the Transmutation Through Ascension. Yeah, no, it's the greatest book ever. On Amazon.com, you can, you can uh, purchase it on there. Yeah, no, I absolutely. Thank you, Barbara. That means, like I said, that means so much coming from you because you're you're quite the master teacher. So it's very, uh, it's, it's very humbling. Thank you. Well, it's like you know, you had Robert Sullivan on your on your show, I think, a while back, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. And, and when I was talking to him about he he's written a book called um, Symbols in the Cinemas, and um, I said to him, you know, you're giving a tool to humanity here. You're giving them archetypes and patterns that not only will they recognize in movies, but they'll recognize in their everyday life and be able to change their life to become a different character in the, in, in the, the story of their life if they want to. So that mm-hmm. you're giving them the tools to recognize and then change their life. So this is an absolute gift to humanity. And he said, I didn't think that. <laughs> I said, Isn't that interesting? <laughs> That makes it an even better gift. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> so so I, I think that, you know, all of us are working spiritually in one form or another within our lives. We don't recognize it. And as soon as you start recognizing it and, and, and then walking the philosophies and understanding the universal laws that are there that apply to everybody all the time, then, then, then things, then magic starts to happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and it's, it's really, it's amazing. And the universe does take care of us. Oh, and, absolutely. Spirit provides. And, unless, of course, you decide to steer yourself and go in your own direction. And then when you hit the brick wall, the universe will provide again. But um, I have found those times that I was positive. I knew what the universe wanted me to do. And I went off track, so to speak, um, and then hit the brick wall. Uh all I heard was laughter on the other side. It was kind of like, did you know I was going to mess up like this? And it was like, of course. Oh, and, so and you know, it's I, I swear, I, I sometimes envision that there's a boardroom. And, you know, everybody in the boardroom is helping me to, you know, work on whatever it is I'm working on. And, and so long as I am, you know, taking information and using it wisely, you know, I get, I, they keep feeding me information. And then when I get a bright idea that, that, you know, oh, I got this. Thank you. I know where to take this now. Mm-hmm. I hear a door slam and I know they've all gone out to play golf because, you know, and as soon as I screw up, they'll be back to help me put pieces together. But, but it, it is, and all I have to do these days is hear the door slam and it's like, all right, I'm going to stop here and reconsider what I'm doing because I'm no longer becoming inspired. I'm thinking I know what I should do instead of knowing. And it's that, that, that knowing and not being able to explain it 
that is that is what the inspiration is mm-hmm. and thinking i know you know it's <clears throat> i'm going to have a bumper sticker made um it's when in doubt don't <laughs> that's a good one <clears throat> yeah i really and that that's that's actually mine and and the other one is always trust your gut unless you've had mexican food the night before well, that's a good one yeah, those unless, are great. <laughs> unless you're talking to a Mexican and then you put Chinese food in there or Italian food in there, but <laughs> but but it's it's sort of but but when in doubt, don't has mm-hmm. served me very very well because when when there is a question, I know that 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 something isn't right, and right. to to pull yourself up when 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 that that question mark is there and say, okay, I I need to reconsider, I need to rethink instead of trying to think your way through it and analyzing it and making a quote-unquote informed decision, usually, usually you, you end up having to retreat and, and taking a different pathway. Mm-hmm. So, but, but this, is a, this lifetime is, is a wonderful, magical place. And if you let the spiritual be a part of it and, 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 and let the, the, other, the other realms add to the vibrancy of your being, it's, this is a magical place. Oh, absolutely. It really is. No, I agree. Take time to appreciate it because it's going quick, you know? Yeah, it, it is. <clears throat> I mean, when I realize that my son is now 50 years old, it, it, it gives me chills, you know? Wow. I, he seems I so young, though. That's it's interesting. Well, that's what I keep telling him. I said, something must be wrong here because you can't possibly be 50. And, yeah, really. And, and you know he's got a an eleven and a fourteen year old. I'm fine with having grandchildren that age. It's a son that's fifty that just you know. I I looked at him and I said the last time I saw him I said you know you have gray hair that's not appropriate. I don't have gray hair so we should fix your head. Oh that's so funny. And he said no mom I earned these and I said well fine earn them but let them be a different color. <laughs> but uh, it's a cool thing. But I want to um, I want to talk a little, just a few minutes on, you know, you have another book, A Million Miles. Yeah, One Million Miles to Midnight. One Million Miles to Midnight. Another phenomenal book, um, an unusual read, but it's, it's also a teaching tool. So, um, you know, definitely get that one too. And your radio show is? I have hyperspace at case. <clears throat> Excuse me while I cough here. KCR, KCOR, Digital Radio Network, that's Hyperspace at 12 midnight Eastern Standard Time on Fridays. And then, of mm-hmm. course, Raven Star's Witching Hour on Saturday here at freedomslips.com and Studio A, and that's 12 midnight Eastern Standard Time. And she has fabulous guests on. I do, and I can't remember who's coming up because I lose my voice this hour, but um, yeah, yeah, I've got some really good guests. <laughs> Between you and I, we're going to lose our voice tonight. But, mm-hmm. yeah, tune in. It'll be a great show. Oh, I've got Mike Pfeiffer coming in on, on KCOR on Hyperspace. That I do remember. So that should be fun. Mm. He's going to be talking about the Twilight Zone series and Rod Serling. So oh. He runs the museum. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, I, yes, I have heard about him. You should have him on your show if you haven't had him on already. He's really I good. I have oh, not. I'll get you his contact information if you like it. Oh, yeah. I would. I'd appreciate that. I think that you'd enjoy great. him. I really do. He's great. Definitely. And you've already had... Um, 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 Dr. Sam on your show. He did. He's fantastic. Oh, he's have great. You, have you had Klaus Donna on yet? Not yet, but I'm working he's, on I, it. I have, I, I've got his information. 
Okay, great. I, I will Send happily share list. that. Yeah, he's going to be on my show sometime soon, and um, he's in the Philippines right now. They're they're twelve hours ahead of us there. Mm-hmm. So so we're 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 working hard on trying to figure out time and day because it'll be it'll be Monday for me, but Tuesday for him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, wow. I'll share his. I will share his information with you. That's he's a cool man. Excellent. Sounds fantastic. He's, he, do you know what he does? He's, he's, I mean, he does giants and all sorts of stuff, mm-hmm. but he's, he's the out of place, um, artifacts too. He's got a book on out of place artifacts that, uh, here it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's digging for answers and finding more questions. Klaus Dona. Very nice. Uh, yeah. He's, he's, he's really an amazing, an amazing guy. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, you know, what I love about doing this work is, is, you know, everybody shares contacts so that, you know, we can get amazing people on our shows and, and, mm-hmm. and put their information out there and learn from them, too. So. Oh, absolutely. That's the cool stuff. It is. It's fantastic. Well, I but, certainly appreciate you having me on tonight. It's been wonderful to chat with you and, and be on board with you tonight. Well, I appreciate your stepping in. I had a guest that that. Um, I don't know if he's if he's gone interdimensional, but I know he was mm-hmm. in Russia and he's going to be in a couple of other places. And he just didn't think that he'd be able to find what time to present himself. Basically. Oh, that's funny. Well, if he's traveling, yeah, it's kind of hard to connect in probably. Yeah. No, he's he's a charming man. And his first name is Valerie. And I can't remember or pronounce his last name. So um but he will be on sometime shortly. I, I've got everybody booked up until December. So, well, you sound um, like me. I do the same thing. I have so many people booked. It's not even funny. It's really, it's a cool thing. And then I realized, you know, oh my gosh, there are really only two weeks in December because doesn't uh, doesn't Freedom Slips take off for Christmas and New Year's? Um, yep, they do. That's right. Thanks for reminding me. So, so that you know, those two dates, um, I don't have to to worry about. Well, and unless it falls on the day. Apparently, it, your show falls on those days. Is that it? Yeah, Monday. The tw- Monday is is Christmas Day, and then the following week, the Monday is New Year's Day. Oh wow! So, so you locked out. Excellent. I did. <laughs> I did last year. I had that same thing going on. I think, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. Well, no freedom slips. Have you have you? St- thought of doing the video with with uh, freedom slips i thought about it but I, I don't need to i just yeah it's not relative not for me anyway i put my witch files out in video once in a while so i do those i yeah. really like i really like radio i just i do just, too yeah i don't really need the audio or the visuals that much and you know late mm-hmm. night scary <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks so much solaris i so appreciate your filling in tonight oh my pleasure thanks for having me barbara it's been wonderful good night now good night Night, everybody.